0: Con Radio presented by Wizard World. Radio for Geeks.
1: This is Kelly Bill Shipwell speaking to you. I'm giving the Cando Podcast for this week, two wet kisses, and uh, shake shaking the rear end as a review. So listen up and listen more.
2: Welcome to another episode of candair Air, a tribute to comics and pop culture right here on Wizard World's Con Radio. I am Jeremy Colley. I am Jack Doherty. I am Jake Runyon. And joining us today, we have Jack Montgomery to talk about his project Sanguine Nights. Thanks for being with us, Jack. Yeah, pleasure to be here. We've got a good show lined up for you today. We're going to be talking about Cartoon Network and Adult Swim Cartoons in this week's Retro Roundtable. I'm ready. Oh, yeah. What a list to choose from, man. Uh, This was a category chosen by Jack, and how perfect. I was was wanting to get away from uh, video games this week as we've been talking an awful lot about them, so (laughs) couldn't have uh, got it any better there. Uh, Then we're going to go around the table talking about comics. Anything good,
0: guys? Sandman. Ooh, okay So oh, it is a daunting task, but it's going to be Sandman.
2: worth it Sandman, okay, I've got myself an early 90s X-Men Jack, what about you? Captain Marvel number
3: one Cool, After cool. the battle, battle World, I think it was That's an awesome cover
2: Yeah, yeah, it looks yeah. sweet Very cool, uh, a few of the comics we'll be <clears> talking about And then we'll turn our full attention over to Jack And talk more about Sanguine Knights So, let's kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable yeah. It's showtime <laughs>
1: no
2: expense all right Cartoon Network and Adult Swim Cartoons Uh, where should we start Jack do you want to start uh, name one of your favorite shows this is messing me up the whole time so far I'll say Jack M (laughs) There there you
1: go perfect yeah, I mean, I, when I was a kid, uh, I remember watching Aqua Teen Hunger Force for the first time and becoming mm-hmm. completely baffled Everybody by what I was watching. Everybody the first time, right? Oh, yeah. I was stupefied by what I saw. It was absurdity and uh, obscene cartoon animation. But uh, what really caught me was Venture Bros was a big oh. yeah, when I started watching it, and then since it's been going for, I don't know, six years now, I mean, that show's become completely encapsulating, and it's, like, such a brilliant, brilliantly written show. Did they and,
3: change uh, the animation and stuff on that? Because it, from it what I remember, be- I thought it looked a little different.
1: Oh, yeah. The animation got much smoother, and uh, the writing got a lot more confident, like, as it went on. But uh, it's always been... Uh, the writers of that show, Doc Hammer and Jackson Public, have been, like, amazing, and those guys have both just, like, kind of come into their own, and, like, the last few seasons have been pretty spectacular.
0: It's weird how, like, conceptually brave that show is compared to the way it started. It's just kind of a parody on that, you know, like, Johnny Quest angle. That's
3: what, I think the only reason why, one of the main reasons why I never really watched it that much is because... It reminds me too much of Johnny Clare. is a rip-off.
0: Oh, my God. That was just, like, some of the things they're exploring these days and the whole idea behind, that, like, the Guild of Calamitous Intent and, and all that noise. There's such, like, weirdly interesting, high-minded ideas for what is essentially, like, a dorky cartoon. I don't know. It's just <laughs> awesome. I've and never... I'll admit I'm a little biased since David Bowie, like, factors in heavily, or at least did.
2: I've never seen this show I need to you watch it Adventure really? Brothers Adventure Brothers man. I've heard of it but uh,
0: I've wanted to
3: start But I have a feeling That it's been going on So long that I'd be lost If I just take it right. in right away Both
2: of you start today No it, It's one of those things You have to start from the beginning I'd you, recommend it yeah. Really? Yeah Okay. That's what I thought Going back to Aqua Teen Hunger Force, uh, you mentioned Jack uh, Jack M. <laughs> I didn't say anything about it. <laughs> um, you know, you just said, you know, uh, the. You everyone remembers their oh, first yeah. time. I, and the first time I saw it is about as puzzling as the last time <laughs> yeah. I saw it. It was, you know, most shows that I like, they can be wacky, but they've got to have some kind of a found. For me to wrap myself around, mm-hmm. and with that one, I just could never find one. I mean, it's just why like
0: purely is, weird for weird's sake?
2: Yeah, why? Why is their uh, fast foods living together in a house? Because it's awesome. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, I didn't think of it like that. Uh, so. <laughs> see, I'm glad I
0: could uh, open your mind a little on that subject. <laughs> what was oh, the neighbor's man. name? Carl. Carl. That's probably yeah. the best he, character of oh, all the time. Yeah,
2: he's the oh, one man. that made me laugh when I did see yeah. it.
0: There's that line. They've got this alien that only speaks Japanese, riddle me that, Batman. And he shows up, and he urinates through every orifice in his body all at once. And he started pissing in, like, in the middle of their house. So they brought him to Carl's yard. <laughs> and Carl walks out the door, and he looks over the situation. And he's like, who's your dead friend? He's dead. <laughs> Start hauling him off. He's like, no, come back. You haven't urinated on all of my house yet. Did you guys watch the movie? I did, yeah. It took me a long time. I didn't watch it until last yeah. year.
3: Is wow. it true that the whole opening sequence of the movie is like a, a song saying how much you wasted your money and that the movie's not worth anything? <laughs> so, I, yeah. I had a friend told me if about that. If that's the
0: angle, then I missed it. I know it's, it's the intro sequence of the show, hmm. and they're like on the moon and in space and evil Lincoln, and then they're in a wooden rocket ship and all that. It's like the movie, for whatever reason, elaborates on that whole sequence.
2: Sounds like a query for
0: YouTube,
2: yeah. perhaps. We'll have to look that up later. <laughs> I had a friend
3: tell me about that And he's like, yeah, pretty much it was just like This movie's going to be horrible, we've got your money already So just sit there
2: <laughs> At least they're being honest and not patronizing you
0: Oh yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the future of entertainment <laughs> right. Your life will be changed right here in this theater
2: Alright, uh, other shows uh, What else? Johnny Bravo Oh, oh man. man What a great show classics that was
0: Johnny Bravo, Dexter's Lab Oh, Dexter, yeah. man, I forgot about Dexter. That was like, Dexter's lab is probably the foundation for the person I am right now. <laughs> it's like all of my interests and obsessions, you can trace back to Dexter's lab in some capacity.
2: You know, I want to sit here and say Dexter's laboratory was so freaking cool as a kid, but I didn't watch it as a kid. I was <laughs> I was an adult. I just, I'm still a big kid, you know, but everybody wanted that laboratory oh, right man. under your house that you could just push a button so and sit down to. <laughs> And idiot
3: the, jerk sister coming over ruining everything right? I,
2: I had a sister like that I mean, I wouldn't call her idiot jerk But uh, she uh, definitely was mischievous like a, Don't push I, that button yeah. <laughs> What was it with his accent anyway? You know what? I, I, don't,
0: I don't know if you want to hear it Someone ruined my whole fucking life the other day When they told me like hey, So, you so know? let me ruin you <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Do you know why Dexter's the only one with an accent? I'm like, I don't know, do I want to? I guess I've wondered, but yeah, why? So he's like, because it's all in his head, man. I'm like, all right, I see where you're coming from, but what's your... It's like, the creator said so. It's all in his head. He's just playing a game. That's why he's the only one. I'm like, stop. No, it has to be real. It has to be real. (laughs) You're blowing my mind. (laughs) I couldn't handle the idea that it's like, (laughs) even in the show, it's not real. It's like, no, let me dream. It's going to be okay.
2: (laughs) Well... I think I'll sleep easy tonight. <laughs> yeah. It
0: was still a good show. but... How, how about yeah. that? Was it Mandark, his nemesis? Yeah. Who yeah. had that yeah. laugh?
2: Was he like ha, ha. The, uh, the monkey with the, the hat? That was Powerpuff oh, Girls. Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, Boy, Mo- creative, Mojo Rock Jojo. Show. Yeah. That was another good show. Yeah. It was. It was, cool. it was. And that's coming back, right? It is back. It, it, yeah. It's
0: garbage, dude. Oh, is, is really? it? Like back in the day, it had that, like... like, I didn't, like, when it first came on, I was young and I was like, "It's a show for girls," but like, <laughs> it's funny, you know. There's like yeah. a parody angle there, and then the show that's playing now is, is just a show for girls. Like, it's is it's, it really like for little? It's like a marketing show more than like a show. Show that sounds stupid. Powerpuff <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. just they're selling toys now. It's it's not like it was. <laughs> man, oh man, well that's a shame. And all um, those shows are on Boomerang now. Are they really? Jesus. Makes me feel old. That's a show. Yeah, not that yeah. old.
3: Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, I know. What about uh, Cow and Chicken? Oh, oh, I got chicken. that on the list. Yeah, that man. one used oh, to freak man. me out fantastic. when I was younger.
1: Yeah. What was that, Jay? No, it's a fantastic show. That's a lot of the... Uh, reminds me of, like, Brendan Stimpy and all those Yeah, shows. Yeah. yeah. The, you know, like, really
2: borderline profane. It's like, are you okay. even allowed to watch this? You know, going... You know, say sitting here and saying that I absolutely adored Cow and Chicken... Goes against what I said just a little bit ago about have, having to have some kind of a foundation to wrap <laughs> yeah. myself around because there's no reason why uh, two uh, human beings would have father, you know, father and
3: mother, cow and
0: yeah, chicken. Two human
2: beings with no upper halves, mind you.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're just legs. I think the one time you actually saw them and they were—that's all they were—was just yeah, legs. yeah, yeah. You can see the shadow. They stop at the waist, mm-hmm. and like at some point, cow and chicken are rooting through the closet and they find two like stereotypical. Like Norman Rockwell Looking mom and pop Torsos Really They're Just like inanimate And they just Toss them <laughs> away You see him for like A split second What
2: a great show And yeah. another great part To that show was, was remember the The red devil yeah, Always yeah, had yeah. his ass Hanging out And he's exactly. always like Sliding everywhere On his stomach
0: <laughs> Exactly And always jokes About not wearing pants it's like, yeah. He yeah. never got over How funny he was
2: Just the attitudes Of cow and chicken I mean that They were so well Placed together But something you Probably would never Think of no, Just No more <laughs> Cow, who's big, hulking, you know, bull in a china shop.
1: Got the little mindset of a yeah. little girl like this. And
2: then little yeah. chickens
3: got the Brooklyn accent. Yeah. Stupid like. cow. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, man, what a goddamn weird show. <laughs> but good, great. Oh, yeah. I, uh, yeah watch the hell out. We've discussed before on the show about recording TV shows on the VHS and pausing during the commercials. I had a whole VHS tape full of cow and chicken mm. from those days. Again, wasted time. Tape I can never really watch again
3: I remember it was like clockwork When I moved first moved down here to Columbus I was living with my roommates They all worked night shift I didn't have a job yet so I just stayed at home pretty much Stayed up all night farting around until they came home And as soon as they came home cow and chicken was on mm. And then everyone would go to bed for the daytime and then wake up in the evening Alone was cow awesome. and chicken
2: time. Yeah. <laughs> Is there any better cow and chicken time? <laughs>
0: Just strip down, spread out, put on some cow and chicken.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm going to rest this beer in my
0: bowls. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <A> good life.
2: <laughs> oh, man, what else have we got here? Uh, Samurai Jack was another one. Dude. And that, I believe... That's the show right there. That's it's, coming back, it's right? It's coming
0: back, and it's coming back. Oh, like yeah. Dark. I don't yeah. swim yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, boy, I can't wait to see that. Yeah, All I've seen is a picture of him, and he looks pretty... Uh, he's, like,
0: slick with gore, and he's, yeah. like, older, he's got a beard.
2: Isn't there, like, a scar on his face Yeah, or he's, something? like, he's all
0: screwed up. Oh, it's awesome. Oh.
2: They said you don't have to go back to watch the old ones, it'll
3: pick I'm up. going to. It'll Tell pick up right much. where it left off, I think, but,
1: yeah, you won't need to know. I need store. to. How
2: many seasons were there of the original series? Do you
1: know? know? Like,
3: two or three, I think. It wasn't that long, I think.
1: I think it was four seasons, and what then they it? just ended it abruptly, and then... Uh, People were outraged, so they brought it
2: back. It's funny how these shows uh, don't get... The appreciation and respect know, they deserve right. until years in retrospect. after. Like, remember yeah.
0: how good that was. Well, but you know, if you, you know. we live in a, we
2: live in a time though where they can come back. Family that's Guy, true. Futurama, yeah. and, uh, well, the Powerpuff Girls, but not such a happy ending there. <laughs> it's a shame. And uh, Samurai Jack. I love the theme um, song for Samurai Jack. Oh yeah, dude. I don't even remember. How did it go? Like, back, got to get something, back, something. To back back to the past. Samurai yeah, Jack. That's right. Jack. Okay, go so ahead. You? <laughs> What's two you sing it in unison? No, okay. One, no, two. I'm out. No? Okay. I think I'm biased to it, though.
3: <laughs> that makes that's sense, about, I guess. The show is about me. It's my, uh, about my life. Before that's, uh, that's a bold statement.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I had to tone it down.
3: The stuff was getting a little dark. <laughs> I can't believe it's Phil Lamar's his voice, too.
2: Is that right? I yeah. didn't know that. Yep. Awesome. Yep. He's awesome.
3: He's
1: yeah. great. He is. Also, does Hermes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Sweet something. To- Somewhere. <laughs> uh what about you jack any more uh cartoons you can think of um
1: i don't know if you guys remember like frisky dingo oh, they were the Jesus guys who God. originally they did uh they ended up doing uh archer which is huge now uh, but they split with uh frisky dingo on uh, adult swim it's got that mm-hmm. similar animation style right it's where a, it's kind of it's exactly the same except the comedy is way more perverse and uh their main villain was Killface, who was this big albino like monster and he was British. And it, he had some of the best lines in any cartoons I've ever I'd ever watched in my life. It was it was fantastic.
0: Every time uh, I hear that name it cracks me up. I, I remember like
1: <laughs> early on
0: not even watching the show and just hearing Killface. I'm like, "Oh, it's <laughs> the best villain name."
2: But at the same time you see like a room full of writers who have been uh, slaving over this. <laughs> just <laughs> call him Killface, let's get the
0: hell out of here. Fine, whatever. Let's go. <laughs> I haven't seen my wife oh. in six months. <laughs> he had was it? it was Awesome X was like the main superhero character type fellow, right. and he had his legion of like power armored helpers called the X-tacles, right? Wasn't that their name? <laughs> <laughs> and then there was like some separatist branch that either went rogue or like joined Killface, and they were called the Deceptacles. And my God, it's I haven't seen enough of the show, but that right there cements it. You just sold it for me. I want to see it. (laughs) I'm going to have to catch up on it myself. Sounds cool. That is greatness. The stuff of Jesus. What's it called one more time? Frisky Dingo. Frisky Dingo. dingo. How can I possibly forget that? If I remember right, Killface is creating some kind of giant rocket engine called the Annihilatrix. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to (laughs) propel the Earth into the sun if (laughs) his demands are... They add
3: just a little bit to a word just to make it that much more awesome. But
0: then then he shifts the Earth just a little bit when he fires it off and solves global warming. So he's like a (laughs) hero. (laughs) It's the best. So awesome. That was a spoiler, I guess. Yes, sorry, sorry.
2: Everybody. Oh, that's okay. I, I'm just go trying ahead. to remember Frisky dingo. Frisky Dingo. Frisky Dingo. I'm gonna I got to remember this. Like, Yo, I'll remember frisky it like thing. this: a Frisky Dingo ate my baby. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Put an accent on it.
3: You
0: remember? <laughs> there you go. Right. Awesome show.
2: Uh, uh, another Adult Swim show. This isn't older. This is a uh, current, but uh, we're big fans of. Check it out with Doctor Steve oh Brule. I oh, love my. that
0: whole Tim and Eric style of comedy. Uh, See,
2: I can't agree with you there yeah. I, uh, A lot of the stuff Tim and Eric do Whenever I've seen it Like, it's just, what the hell is this? I've gotta change it
0: <laughs> I used to be like you I hated Tim <laughs> and Eric change your life More than anything And something about it It's just like, over time I don't know if I've got some kind of disease I'm not aware of Or something There's it's some called, kind of psychological parasite No, it's
2: called brainwashing
0: Brainwash. I've been brainwashed then Because <laughs> I love it I love it I'm down with Tim and Eric But Brule Stands on its
2: own These, Yeah And I was After uh, we got into Brule I was then surprised To learn it was Tim and Eric I didn't know At the beginning But um, I watched Some of their other stuff And they do some Funny infomercial things Here and there oh, yeah. But uh, yeah A lot of it I don't, I don't They I don't had really a get. They had
0: a feature length Movie Tim really? and Eric's Billion dollar movie <laughs> What <laughs> Oh my god It was the most Off the wall thing It had like uh, Will Ferrell Was in it And, and uh, What was that?
1: It was fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) It's
0: great. Oh, man. All the same kind of humor in it and stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was very similar. Like, they buy some kind of defunct shopping mall in an effort to, like, they (laughs) they had some contract to make a movie with a billion-dollar budget. Are
2: they playing themselves? Yes. Okay.
0: And then they blow it on, like, cars and mansions and cocaine and piercings and all kinds of weird shit. I, I don't even know where to start describing it, just... Of your I own volition. I don't <laughs> expect
2: you to even try to describe it's, Tim and Eric material. <laughs> you remember a show on Cart- or on uh, Adult Swim that had
3: puppets? It was a couple years ago. It was beyond. Mo- it was more <sighs> twisted than Tim and Eric. I don't. I, don't, I can't remember the you name know, like, of it. It was like uh, something time or uh, I don't even know. But it was a blank. No idea. Well, never mind. I'll just <laughs>
2: <in here>. editing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Going in the same lines as uh, Tim and Eric, another show, this isn't a Cartoon Network or Adult Swim show, but whenever I think Tim and Eric, another show that makes me think of that I can't get behind is, uh, oh, I forget the show... Reggie Watt was on it. Um,
0: uh, Comedy, bang, Comedy Bang Bang. bang, bang. Comedy yeah. bang See, bang. I watched the hell out of that too. I don't get it. I don't man. know. Once I locked into that mindset, <laughs> I'm just like, give me more. I'm
2: like absorbing I, every show. I, I don't understand it. I sit there and watch it and just feel old. Man. I, I
0: stopped watching after Reggie Watt's left He was the oh, reason. Well, now they got Weird
2: Al. On. Yeah, I saw Weird yeah. Al on oh, thought Oh, yeah, I
0: forgot. Wow, yeah, dude. I thought I need like, to give he just had, try. like, a
2: number one album. Is, <laughs> yeah. Why is he doing this? But uh, I guess it's along his lines of uh, humor, too. So. That's, like,
0: that's what kind of Adult Swim is leaning toward. It seems like Cartoon Network and Adult Swim are leaning in this really postmodern direction. Like, Cartoon Network it's and you Just weird
2: for the sake of fucking yeah, weird. Yeah. You get I shows
0: like Adventure Time, which I get, you know, is a smarter show than what's on the surface, but I never really got into. Amazing World of Gumball, stuff that's just bizarre. And then Adult Swim is doing the same thing with, like, oh, man, is that new show. You ever watch China, Illinois? Mm -mm. Anyone? Yes. Yeah, awesome show, like Brad Neely's magnum opus, hilarious. It's got that weird art style I don't even know how to describe. He's got a new show called Brad Neely's, bear with me, Harg Nolan Sclopio Pipio. (laughs) (laughs) And the way it's spelled out and, like, the cadence of how you have to say it, it sounds like it means something. And it totally doesn't I mean, I assume, I don't know if I'm just not In tune with whatever mystery but I don't know, there's just not enough uh, What's the word, uh, of substance there for me It's substance enough for me I'll take weird as my main course. I, I mean, I understand you. weird. I don't know.
2: I'm picky, man. That's, I'm just hey, picky. That's fine. It's, it's like like that. Don, his own. Don used to love that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Whoa, well, he was on, what, two episodes we've done? <laughs> he was one of the founders and only on two episodes. That's, that's something else. Oh, there's that <laughs> one his show. his legacy
3: lives on. <laughs> that one show that Andy, I, I want to say Galifianakis, but that's. Milanakis. That was that like Eddie, MTV, yeah. though, wasn't
0: it? Was it? Yeah. Oh, okay.
3: Well, never mind. He's He's just like a,
0: he was like a. Grown man who was small. That like looked boy, like a boy, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> what are you <laughs> talking about? It was
3: another weird show where he just, it was just off the wall shit that happened all the time. And I'd watch it and I'm like, now I just feel stupid and I'm just going to change the channel. <laughs> I, could I, yeah, damn, damn kids these, get these get days. It, man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is the future of Kami. Next thing you know, you're yelling at kids for uh, biking too close to your front yard. And... <laughs> get
3: off my grass.
2: <laughs> kids in
0: your hoverboards. <laughs> Your Pokemon! <laughs> oh my God! I want to touch on Rick and Morty, but then oh, are we going yeah. to spiral into a forty-minute event where it's no, we just can Rick touch on Rick Morty. and Morty. I, <laughs> That's just, Cartoon Network, huh? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. Uh, what a great, great show! It's, it's got it's, everything. It's filling so, like, I, the void that uh, the cancellation of Futurama. Right? Maybe it wasn't canceled. Maybe they just decided to finish. But uh, so,
0: like, I heard rumors it was coming back, and then rumors it wasn't. It, who, who knows? It's Rick and Morty. Uh, Futurama Again? Coming back again? Yeah Like on some serious? streaming service Like they'd have a deal With Netflix or something But it's opposite. all hearsay I don't know Wow I don't know I don't, That
2: last episode Was pretty perfect I it don't was, know I, yeah. It
0: was a really I was just Just this morning I was thinking about that and I don't know why Wake up in the morning Take a piss Futurama What a great show <laughs> yeah, you know, But, uh, but that? that last episode Really did wrap it up So nicely
2: It did It it's, just made the entire series A big loop Like I want to say I want to say It was like a graceful end It was You know It was nice, done very well. Yeah, I hope the Simpsons go out on such a high note. But I think (laughs) it's might be a little late for that, a little too late for that. (laughs) Please, please kill.
0: Can you really go out on a high note thirty years later? I (laughs) mean, it would take an effort. I don't know. Rolling Stones can't pull it off. I don't know if the Simpsons (laughs) ever. But yeah, Rick and Morty—it's got everything. Yeah, it's smart. It's dumb at the same time. It's Mm -hmm. brilliant. The writing is brilliant. It really is emotional impact. Yeah, Jesus, there are episodes that still stick with me.
2: yeah, well, the last episode of the last season uh when what that was, was a, it?
3: a good episode. Yeah, well, Rick very turned sad. himself in. Right. Very, very heavy. Yeah, yeah It's yeah. got
0: that what was a nine-inch Nails song. Yeah, right? yes, yes. yes, yeah, yeah. It was, God, that was brutal. Some good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just can't wait to see how he gets out of that one. Another one that, that comes. Oh, to wow! We how's <laughs> Rick going to get out <laughs> of this? <laughs> <way>. <laughs> Mr. Shitty Butthole, Poopy Butthole. Poopy butthole. <laughs> <laughs> could be a year. Could be two years. Who knows? Uh, we don't really know. Oh, man, and there's that one episode that, I swear to God, it still sticks with me, is when he, uh, they're out in space, they're salvaging some derelict ship, and he meets this um, brain-enslaving parasite, overmind, oh, yeah. yeah. that ends up being his ex-girlfriend. Yeah. You know? yeah, They get back together, and then they break up again. That's right. What was that? Sorry?
1: It was Unity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unity. Unity. A bit I think it mind. was, uh, yeah, yeah. It was
0: uh, Christina Hendricks was the voice, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. She's fantastic. And, uh, and he goes back... And tries to kill himself. And something about it, I'm just like, oh, I hurt inside. I can't do it. It's like, you, you've got this character that is endlessly confident. Like, it has been touched upon <laughs> as one of the foundations of his being, that he's always doing exactly the thing he wants to do. Like, that was the crux of an entire episode. And and he's it, it breaks him. He's broken. There's, like, the one entity in the universe he cares about more than himself. And it doesn't care about him. Yeah. And so he tries to electrify his brain.
2: It was crazy. Not such a deep moment to the show that I of that episode I remember, but one of my favorite parts is uh, uh, Rick and uh, uh, Unity. They like to have a lot of sex. So, but uh, one scenario he had her do, he had play out was like he had her lay like in the center of like a football stadium (laughs) while he wingsuit in on top of her, dressed as Uncle
0: Sam or something. Every redhead on the planet. (laughs) Oh,
1: man. Oh, my God. So, that was so good. And she's
0: like, she nukes some city on the outside. It's like, hey, Rick, watch this. And he's like, oh, my God. Uh, are, are my grandkids alive? Uh, that was cool.
3: <laughs> you know why that show's so easy to like? Why? Because it's kind of like Back to the
2: Future. hmm and Doc Doctor and Marty, Who, the same Rick and fight. Morty, you know, and you know. Futurama, all rolled into one big fantastic so, burrito. Well, I was going to mm-hmm. go with Back
3: Delicious. to the Future and Doctor Who, two
2: great tastes. Oh, taste
0: <laughs> oh. See? I'm sorry, next time. You've started to get
2: something back here. You've started something. It's called a revolution. Joke. Okay. I think right. the Doctor Who
3: part <laughs> is the only reason why Misty watches that show because the whole intro is. It's kind of like a Doctor Who. It's even got the music. The, the music is similar. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I've never seen it. I've, I've I'm not a Doctor Who fan. He's just a
3: crazy it. guy that runs around in different dimensions. Well, time for Doctor Who, but carries around someone with him all the time that gets into shenanigans. Shenanigans. What a great word. Yeah. I like
2: me some shenanigans. Oh, yeah. And on that note, we'll end these shenanigans and uh, <laughs> we'll move right on with the episode. So let's just jump into the comic dump bin. Uh, do you guys who remember who went first last week? G-
0: you, one of you. It wasn't me. It was Jack. Yeah,
2: It was Jack. Uh, I guess I'll go first this week. Sure. All right. So, um, whenever we talk about anything, whether it be video games, cartoons, comics, my favorite place to go back to are the early 90s. In my opinion, a lot of the best stuff came Good out chance. of the early 90s. And anytime we have somebody on the show that wants to talk X-Men, they talk about that's the genre to read. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. but what a product of its time in yeah.
2: X-Men. and I... Um, you know, my knowledge of the X-Men had always been, um, you know, from like after the cartoon. I guess the cartoon is what kind of introduced them to right. me. And then I started reading the comics, which were, you know, after that. So um, the Magneto I was seeing in a lot of the comics and in the cartoons, just a straight up bad guy, you know. And it wasn't until these movies started coming out that you started seeing a human side to him. Mm. And I wasn't. Aware of how in sync that was with any of the movies. The best part of the character, exactly, exactly. So I uh, I went down to the uh, the basement at Pack Rat Comics uh, down the street here where they have all their back issues, and I dug and found about five six issues of uh, early X Men from the from the nineties, and I shouldn't say early X Men X Men from the early nineties. <laughs> there we go. And um, one of which I got was an issue number one. It's just called uh, the first issue, A Legend Reborn X-Men. It has Magneto looking beefy as shit on the front cover. (laughs) Looks pretty awesome. But uh, this came out in October of uh, 91, and it says UK on it now that I'm looking at it close. Maybe this was a UK release. Anyway, this opens up with... uh, A bunch of astronauts, what appear to be astronauts, in Earth's orbit, uh, approaching an asteroid, which is uh, stuck in Earth's orbit. And uh, you're not sure who they are until they start talking. You know, they're looking for Magneto. And Magneto has made his home base on this asteroid that circles the Earth. He just wants to be left alone. And uh, he comes to these people, you know, how dare you, you know, come in and try to, you know, attack me, you know, in my home. I haven't done anything to you. Why are you here? And they're like, we're your followers. We're here to serve you. We want to, you know, serve under you. He goes, I don't do that anymore. But, you know, he took them in because he had just blown their ship to (laughs) shit. And um, because he had done that, down on Earth, the United States government, Nick Fury, the president of the United States, they all think, uh, you know, he's just up there killing astronauts, you know, and he's planning something. So they start planning an attack on this asteroid, take down Magneto. Uh, one cool thing then when it but does finally introduce the X-Men in the comic, it has them in the danger room. And, uh, there's two teams, they're all split up and they're, the objective of the danger room mission is to get to Charles Xavier somewhere in the mansion. And typically in, again, the comics, uh, the newer X-Men comics I've read, danger room scenarios and stuff play out in like a page or two. Uh, there's not much girth to them. This is like five, six, seven pages of them. Doing that danger room scenario Which I was just into I couldn't <laughs> pull myself out of it And, uh, you know, it wasn't until the end that uh, You know, about the time they find Charles Xavier Oh, we've got a problem Magneto's causing some trouble Well, let's go check it out, X-Men, you know <laughs> So, uh, while they're in route um, Magneto's aware of what's going on You know, that the Earth uh, That the people on Earth, humans Are rallying against him So he comes down to Earth And uh, above the ocean just right above the ocean, and he puts himself in this like magnetic bubble and just submerges himself deep, deep, deep into uh, the ocean, miles down where it's pitch black. And you start reading these uh, like boxes. The reason why he's down there is because years ago, in his arrogance, he there was a submarine that was holding nukes, and uh, he was trying to rid the world of nuclear war just by getting rid of these nukes. And he thought the way to do it just sink the vessel. He crushed the submarine. The whole crew aboard died. And uh, he had always, uh, you know, really just thought of them as pawns, just uh, expendable. And uh, he went down there to raise this submarine to take the nukes from it. He was taking them so the humans couldn't get them. Maybe he was going to have to use them for himself, but he was just taking them from the submarine. And while he was doing so, he found all the skeletons of the crew he had killed years ago, and it really started sinking in. These were men. Uh, you know, they had families and stuff. And you, for the first time in comics, I'm seeing Magneto have that real, uh, you know, a human side. He's, yeah. He wants to do good. Everything he's doing is uh, in his, what he thinks best interests of his people, but not thinking about the people, the humans that are in his wake. But the X Men come, they attack full force. Uh, Wolverine, you know, takes a big slice out of his gut. And uh, Rogue finally says, enough of this fighting. You know, we're going to do what no one's done and just go talk to the man. And uh, you know, Rogue goes tries to talk to him. You know, look at what you're doing. You're taking these nukes. People think you're going to turn them on the world. Explain what you're doing. Quit being uh, arrogant, and uh, let's work this out. And they uh, start coming down. He starts coming down to a to a, a more human level, an understanding level. Just as a fighter jet comes in and blasts Rogue, <laughs> okay. which you know, as he's coming down, starting to see her point, then that happens, and he's like, humans, you know, so. He has the ability to teleport, supposedly, in this comic. He teleports oh, himself nice. back to his asteroid, and he teleports uh, Rogue to a uh, uh, Genosha, the mutant, the mutant island island yeah. uh, in a hospital. But, um... In like, point like, accuracy, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, it was just a very interesting book. And while he's um, up on his asteroid thinking about, you know, I haven't seen the X-Men attack me like this before. I've always fought by their side, but... Uh, they, uh, you know, Wolverine came at me with a death blow. He was trying to kill me. You know, this is someone I used to call my friend. It's really perplexing him. And uh, these people that he took in that uh, want to be his followers then went to Earth without without his permission and tried to kill the X Men for, uh, you know, fighting him just a few minutes ago. And that's pretty much where the book ends. Hmm. But uh, they also introduced briefly at the very end Moira from the, the newer movies. Yeah. I, I didn't, never knew she was in the book. But uh yeah, that was a little long-winded, but these these X-Men comics have so much in them. I'm I'm hooked on them. I can't wait to read more.
3: That was that Jim Lee, the art his art style that used to like define Marvel yeah. comics for me back then. It's weird seeing some of the, the new artists that go and do them cause
2: It is. They, it is Jim Lee. Yes, that's that's very good eye. Yeah. Very good eye. So I highly recommend any uh early 90s X-Men.
3: I still got to find cuz I swear I have some one it's a different story in the book, but it's the same freaking cover.
2: I remember you getting was it a Tricon? Mm,
3: yes, yeah, yeah, the five,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Dollar bin. Yeah, you'll bring that over. We'll have to compare them. All right, enough out of me. Who's next, Jack? Would you like to go next, Jack? Jack, Mon- yep. Jack Montgomery, that is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, yeah. Um, I've I've been reading a lot of recent stuff last few weeks here, but uh, Mike McNoll is Hellboy in Hell, Ooh, wrapping it up. Nice, nice. nice. Hellboy. Mike Noel is a huge artist, and uh, as far as an illustrator, that guy's influenced my stuff. I mean, I've tried to copy his stuff, and I can't do it because it's. I I get into detail, and that guy is so minimalist. Now that it's yeah, it's it's
2: but it's a weird style. It's like an uh, an organized abstract almost. Does that make sense? Like yes. it looks abstract, but it still holds its proportions the yeah. way it should.
1: Right. His his drawings imply so much without showing much detail, but it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, Especially his work in Hellboy in Hell, he's because he stepped away from the artwork for a long time, and had he had great artists he worked with too for the last few issues of Hellboy, like Richard Corbin and like a bunch of those guys who did great stuff in like the old heavy metal magazines. But uh, oh yeah, that's some good stuff right there. Oh yeah, but uh I, him returning in Hellboy in Hell was fantastic because I followed that. That comic, especially like a month ago, there are other issues going out right now. Hellboy, he's kind of kept like, he's maintained control over his own story and everything. And then finally he came back to it. And uh, Hellboy in Hell is fantastic because it's, when it started out, it was just these super bizarre like narratives that really went nowhere. And they kind of ended in one issue, but they were fantastic. Cause he's, he's also a fantastic writer. He wrapped it up a couple months ago with Hellboy in Hell. Uh, the, it was, he only did 10 issues and he decided to end the character, but uh, it's it's phenomenal. It's, wow, he ended it all together? He ended the character. He's, he, you know, the He's He has Abe Saint, oh, I see. the BPRD, and the, those are still going, and I think those are wrapping up soon, too, but uh, he's got, he ended Hellboy, and uh, it was really beautiful because his, his artwork is so simple and so complex at the same time, and uh, it's just him and... Dave Stewart, who's a fantastic, fantastic colorist in the uh, comic book medium, and he's been doing stuff for everybody. I don't know how that guy has a life because he puts <laughs> stuff everywhere. But uh, the stuff he's done with Mignola is really fantastic because Mignola is really minimalist, and Dave Stewart is the perfect complement to that. Hellboy in Hell is basically, it's not even him narrating, it's, it's some other minor character in the series who's narrating the beginning half, and it's basically Hellboy accepting his fate, which is becoming this destroyer of everything. He's the Armageddon and basically just destroying the rest of what's left of hell after he gets in there. And then that's the first half of the comic. And then the second half of this 10th issue is, uh, is super simple. It's just him ripping his horns off like he always does when he is tempted to become the Armageddon and wandering through hell in this really silent... No dialogue, just kind of wandering through these bizarre landscapes. And then I don't want to ruin the ending, but it, it ends in this really simple, beautiful way. And it's, it's a perfect complement to this amazing story that Mike Munola has just kept close to himself and hasn't let become this, you know, he did the movies and he's done other things, but he's always kept really good control over his own character. And it's, uh, it's a fantastic comic. And the end was beautiful and I really enjoyed it.
0: Boy, I'm hanging on your every word, I
2: really want to read this I
0: need to stop screwing around and get to reading Hellboy oh, I've talked about it before.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it's a good series What I've read, which has been very, very little Has been very good What was the book uh, you got on uh, Hellboy's What was it, the 20th For anniversary What I thought, wasn't that a volume of Hellboy in Hell? But uh, that, It was a trade It was. It had to have been too early I can't, I can't remember what it was But yeah. it was like all black, like the trade itself was black, right? Yeah. And there were what, four volumes, three or four? Uh, something
3: like that, yeah, there was because we'll I remember to... I was getting confused because there was a lot of BRPD in there mixed with the Hellboy on that day.
2: We'll have to... Uh, you have to dig that out. I'm very curious now. Yeah. Yeah, man, I can't wait to read that. Is that uh, still on the shelves? Like, uh, when when would that last issue come out?
1: It should be. I think it was back in, like, the end of May or, like, early June. But it's, uh, you know, it should still be on shelves. And it's uh, it was a big release. I mean, it was, like, a quiet end to the whole thing because it was, you know... If you're into it, you probably heard that it was the end, but otherwise it was it was the end of Hellboy and Hell. And they have so many other series now that are going on, like like BPRD and uh Aide Sapien and stuff like that that you can still follow the other series through, but this is the end of Hellboy and it was I loved it. It was fantastic. you are gonna have to pick that up. Definitely. For sure.
2: Well that's awesome, man. I really cannot wait to read that. Uh, that sounds cool and I wanna see how it uh Definitely ends. What a cool character he is! Very, oh, very unique. Yeah, Hellboy. All right, very cool. Uh, would you yeah, like to go next? Yeah, I, uh,
0: I said I'm. I'm getting into Sandman. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I've just blitzed through all that is available for <laughs> Sandman because <laughs> there's call you up. Tell me, I know <laughs> there's there's so much going on here, and I'm hardly an expert. I am a humble supplicant kneeling at this altar, hoping that one day I will understand Sandman. <laughs> no, it's it's got to be one of the. God, it's just got everything I'm into.
2: Really quick to just to clarify, is this Sandman like the like the horror yeah, figure? Yeah, like
0: Sandman, Neil Gaiman. Okay. Edel. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh I'm supposed to be making a TV show based on it. Right, right, yeah. right. Oh, and, that's what it's based on. I wasn't yeah. sure. Okay. And this is I mean, God, this is one of the greats. In my mind, this is right up there with the other must reads like Watchmen and so on where it's just like so dense with ideas and concepts and meaning it's just you you can barely wrap your head around it and i'm i'm still trying to piece all this together but i've been reading a bunch of different things out of order just sampling stuff and i think the thing i like most about sandman is that and I, i've probably talked about this on the show before is that he's one of those characters who becomes almost like a side character in his own stories. Mm. He's part of the driving force for the events, but you're kind of seeing them unfold as the result of his actions, less than following him with a laser beam focus. Is like, and now he's making breakfast, and now he's driving to work. You know, not that he does either of those things, but <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's like you see the, the consequences of this being, you know, and, and the effect he has on the world around them. And they've created this incredible cosmology where you've got Different worlds and, and mythologies interacting, like Norse mythology, Odin and Thor, and all of them end up factoring in, and some really amazing artistic representations of these pantheons and such. And I think one of the one of the most interesting things that uh, Sandman has done is their representation of Satan. I think is just amazing. You know, Lucifer, you know, the the most beautiful angel cast out because of his pride, and you know, and he presides over this land of hell and all its never born. And a lot of the time, Sandman's Path and Lucifer's, they cross and they interact and this and that and the other. And, and it's just, he's hes portrayed as such a weird, not necessarily a tragic figure, because he doesn't, like, wander around lamenting his situation. Like, he owns it. He's like, yeah, you know, I mean, it is what it is, right? And, and he's hes just got this attitude about him where he he sticks to his guns, you know? He's like, yeah, I remember. It's just, they've got these really... Interesting interpretations of characters we associate with one thing or the other—old gods, Greek mythology, things like that—and and bringing them together in a way that's disparate but feels connected. It's like you get Sandman as this character that's almost like, almost like a, a spike running through all these books and stories, and he's, he's just like a an element that glues together all these different strange things and i love that i love that aspect of it so is
2: he like a horror figure in the classic aspect i guess or i, mean, I should just touch like, on that i mean huh? does he <laughs> just kill people
0: <laughs> no or? he's he's the lord of dreams sandman okay. is just one of his many names like okay. sandman orpheus or no morpheus Oniros, just all kinds of titles and he's one of these endless beings who's just a uh, like an anthropomorphized personification of some concept like okay. There are others in his, I guess, family, quote-unquote, like death, and desire, Sorry. and destruction, and so on, and all of them have their own part in the cycle of creation and existence and destruction and all of that. So and like Rise of the Guardians, he was the little impish he guy was the that imp- would <laughs> stand all over the place. You know what? That is 100% what he is. <laughs> no, no, he's, uh, yeah, he's just, he's the master of dreams, and that's his whole angle. He's like the god where does of dreaming. The,
2: where does the horror come in?
0: Everywhere. Yeah, just it's 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 hard to explain because it's not like overtly scary. Yeah, it's not you like know, it's, a hack and slash yeah, Jason yeah, yeah. kind of movie. Um, it's just it's more the situations because yeah, when your when your domain is dreams, nothing's off the table. You get stories of, of every conceivable shape and size, traveling through time and dealing with different concepts and very rarely other characters in like the DC Vertigo universe and really, yeah, yeah, and um, it's just he becomes involved in all sorts of conflicts and things, and and early on he's like duped by some mortals and he's imprisoned for seventy years, and at some point he escapes and vows some revenge on the people that wronged him, and 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 you see this character that starts out kind of brutal, who who's you know very it's like he's immortal and he knows it, he's unwilling to compromise for for anyone he perceives as beneath him, and then throughout his many many stories and adventures, he becomes more. Not human, but relatable. And I think that's an interesting dynamic too. There's just so much going on with this series. It's it's hmm. it's crazy, but uh sounds it's, good. It's worth checking out. Just I don't know, jump in somewhere and just run with it. It's, I think I will do it. Good job, Jake. Thanks. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good myself. I don't know.
2: Alright, then there was Jack D. Everybody had good stuff except for me. No, <laughs> oh, no good, huh? Uh the series. I don't
3: know. I, I don't know when this came out. If it it was after Battle World, of course. But I don't know if it was. I guess it would have to have been before Civil War Two, right? Because that's still pretty oh new. Boy, they were.
2: Uh, it's a fine line there between the two. Because I know she had something to do with the the new Civil War. I I was I lost so much interest that they were rehacking the Civil War yeah. just to pump money. You know, just to promote <laughs> the movie. I was like, I'm out. Well, the, basically, the, Powerpuff Girls. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> the Captain Marvel series before this one. She was more of, like, the, pretty much every superhero. She's tough, powerful, strong, badass. She can go do whatever she wants. She goes and exploring with her crew all across the galaxy doing stuff. This one, it started out pretty fun. She was flying in space with her team and ships, getting ready to blow up a big meteor. And just as, like, the meteor blows up, they take care of it. It flashes back to where she's back on Earth. Apparently, she's dating War Machine. Well, and that. it has been for a while. But, Don uh,
2: Cheadle knows how to lose the ladies. <laughs> right. Yeah.
3: She talks about her new haircut because she's got short hair now, and he's trying to get her to change her mind because she's got this new job where she's going to go work on a space station and run it, and she's excited because she she wants to protect Earth, but being on the space station, she'll be able to do it like before any trouble gets to Earth pretty much, so... But she gets there. She starts meeting all the crew and stuff. Her first order of business is sitting in a conference trying to figure out what to do with the, the trash on the, the space station. And it just kind of droned on pretty much the whole, the, whole, the whole book just like that. I mean, there's one part where she's walking down a corridor and she sees Rocket Raccoon pushing this big crate with a radioactive symbol on it. And he's like, hey, you should be coming out in space and doing stuff, blowing stuff up with us. And mm-hmm. She's like. What are you doing with that? Are you, are you stealing it? No, no, I'm not. Well, yeah, I guess I am. She's like, well, you really can't be stealing a bomb right now.
2: <laughs> it doesn't look good yeah. for us. Come on. That was like <laughs> one of the high points.
3: And then all of a sudden it, it catches up to where the meteor was coming and she goes and uh, gets ready to go take it out. But then it pretty much ends right there. So it was it, it built up, settled down a whole bunch and. Just before the build-up came, it ended. So. High octane thrills. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, yeah. I like the the writers and the artists on the one before the series before. It was a
2: lot funner. These Marvel comics, and I can't speak for all of them, but a lot of them they do rope you in with those uh, covers because that's a cool looking cover. Yeah, it is it really. Is. But um, okay, we've talked about an early '90s Marvel comic today, and we've talked about this brand new Captain uh, Marvel, and between the two, I mean, even based on what we were telling so little in comics these days. I mean, they just give you just enough to get a little bit of interest. Where this thing, I mean, I was reading this thing forever, and (laughs) I mean, how long did I go on about it? There's, like, sub-story after sub-story, and it's just, um... I don't know. It's like, uh... Oh, uh, that maybe that's too morbid to use as an example. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll skip that one. The- it's like
0: when you watch your whole family
2: die. <laughs> <to fire. laughs> I was just thinking of uh, that scene from uh, from Taken when they had the girls hooked on the drugs, and you know the way they keep them is oh, they yeah, just- they give them a lot, then they keep them on a slow drip, you right. know. And that's yeah. kind of what they've done with Marvel comics nowadays. Right. They give you just enough to want to keep you kind of interested, instead of giving you a story that leaves you fulfilled for three, four more weeks till you get another issue. Right. You know.
3: I do want to check out the new Iron Man, where he dons the suit to that new the, yeah, the woman
0: yeah. worth checking out. I yeah, her just name. I want to
3: see. Yeah, I don't remember.
2: She had so, a really cool cover again. Really cool. cover There's yeah. a female Iron Man now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's, she's an
3: African American female.
2: Really? Yep. Yeah. So and Younger then kid. Thor is uh, female as well. Is that still happening? Or did I, well, they go back not, on that? I know they she's came out and Thor, said who right? it
3: was that because nobody knew who she was and yeah, it being yeah. uh, Jane,
2: his love interest. And then Wolverine is a female now. It was Wolverine's yeah, daughter. A now. lot of females in the Avengers now. Yep. Ghostbusters are female nope. now. Sure, it's not such a sausage fest anymore.
0: Diverse. <laughs> <laughs> All these All dudes right. running around in tights. I mean, it's feeling a little weird. We gotta up. get some
2: ladies around here. All right, very successful comic dump, Ben. And with that, let's just move right into.
3: Jack, who do we have this week? This is a, a good one. It's a popular one. Everybody knows about it. Really? Pokemon Go is our hero this episode. Well, we don't have <laughs> to address it to, to know that. <laughs> I came across a bunch of a bunch of things that Pokemon Go has made people. Well, Pokemon Go is fighting crime, I guess, pretty much, is that and right? using people as its fingers, I guess.
2: Just by eliminating of. the concept of privacy, crime can't happen. Exactly, so. yeah, pretty
3: much. <laughs> uh, you Michigan, can't own it anymore, man. <laughs> a Michigan man was playing on his Pokemon or playing Pokemon <laughs> Go on a smartphone when he came across an unconscious driver. I guess he got a hold of authorities to you know to find out what was going on. Turns out the woman was intoxicated, so she got arrested. So it got. Mm someone drunk off the street, I guess. Uh, Another woman in Wyoming found a body while playing Pokemon Go. We talked about that last week or the week before. We did, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Pokemon made it to that scenario a little late, but
0: uh, anyway. (laughs) If it would have been there before the body was dead. Uh, Pokemon is a reactive force, not a preventative (laughs) mission.
2: Pokemon is hindsight 2020. (laughs) Maybe he shouldn't have been there. In Oregon.
0: (laughs)
3: In Oregon, a vandal was caught in the act by an alerted Pokemon Go player. Really? Yeah. I, they didn't say what it was the vandalism was was, mm. but and also a guy's girlfriend used the game to bust him with an ex girlfriend. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah. You know how when you pick you know, catch them, it shows where where you caught them at. <laughs> oh. But apparently, she got on the phone and found <laughs> out that yeah, that's where he was that one day and picked up his what uh, what's the bat. Zubat, Zubat, yeah, picked up a Zubat right there at his ex girlfriend's house. So, oh, okay.
2: man, she won't there's got to be an anymore. animal in there that would fit uh, just right for the like, <laughs> a, like a Bulbasaur, maybe. <laughs> this
0: guy, God, what a rookie mistake! Right? Yeah, <laughs> He's just leaving yeah. all these timestamps, like I was at my ex girlfriend's house yesterday. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's why I lock my phone. Man. <laughs> right. I don't know whether to give uh, Pokemon Go the triumphant uh, end to this segment we tor- normally do. It's, it's getting enough uh, uh, recognition. Going. Yeah, It's a fun game. I tell you what, it's, it's thrown me off my axis. I, I've, I've let the show go. I've let everything in life go so I can go out hunting something that's not really Anyway, there. this is our
0: last episode. So <laughs> we got to go play Pokemon, Pokemon
2: to catch. Yeah. <laughs> All right, very cool. And for that, Pokemon Go, you have found a spot on a wall of justice, in apparently. In a hall of heroes, <laughs> I guess. Good job, Pokemon. Well done, Nintendo. Yeah. It's not even Nintendo. No. That's the oh, thing about that's it.
3: that's right. Yeah,
0: it's like some...
3: They own Pokemon, but the game's not through them.
0: Well, good job, so faceless corporate entity. that's <laughs> got <laughs> the world in sight. <laughs>
2: all right enough of this mindless banter now let's just turn our full attention right over to jack montgomery and start talking about sanguine knights thanks again for being with us today jack glad to be here guys so let's just jump right into this book this was a lot of fun for us uh i think va- we all like oh, vampires man. i'd like right? to go on
0: record <laughs> saying that i love this
2: I think uh, your love for vampires is a little stronger, well though. Documented. It goes much deeper than that, almost to a creepy level, but uh, that's good.
0: You're sort of uh, grinding your teeth down to points. <laughs> and, hey, I gave up on that dream months ago.
2: Uh, always bringing bottles of tomato juice into the, the Guys, sessions. Guys, look, look. It's real, it's real blood. I'm, I'm a vampire. <laughs> Quit slapping me with your trench coat when you turn around, man. Oh, man. So anyway, Jack, tell us all about, or tell the listeners, rather, about Sanguine Nights.
1: Sure thing. Well, Sanguine Nights is a project that uh, Dave Jensen, who wrote the book, and I illustrated, uh, started with. I met Dave right out of school, and then uh, I drew a couple pictures for him, and he thought they were great. We both liked vampires, so we both started this book. And basically what it's about, it's this post-apocalyptic vampire comic book, which is basically about the end of the world. It's kind of a zombie apocalypse, but with vampires. Which is arguably, arguably, way more dangerous. Yeah, than yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> exactly. They're intelligent. They're fast. They're smart. Uh, but uh, basically, this outbreak broke out, broke out and uh, the story begins with this lone vampire kind of wandering through the uh, the desert, kind of telling his tale, and then he runs into this outpost out in the western deserts of uh, the United States. Our main protagonist is a a guy who lives in this outpost, and he runs into another survivor. And they kind of, uh, they all end up meeting. And uh, in the end, basically what happens is that they realize that the main villain at the end of the comic is uh, Dracula, who's this, uh, the leader of all the vampires, and he's kind of the uh, orchestrator of this apocalypse. And so book one is kind of just an, this introductory uh story kind of through the wastelands, and then uh, book two, which is coming out uh, later this year, is kind of about the uh, backstory of some of these characters.
2: We can't wait to read that one. This one was so so much fun. A couple things that uh, stand out to me. One, you mentioned at the end of the book, you see Dracula. He looks so oh, freaking... Awesome. I mean, you've, I've never seen uh, Dracula done quite like this. Whenever I think of Dracula, I think of the red collar, the right. thing, boo, yeah. boo. You know that kind of thing. He's this. Got almost
0: like a witch king thing. Yeah. going, just like desiccated. <laughs> oh,
2: he looks. Freaking awesome. It uh, kind of reminds me of, uh, what was in the Lord of the Rings? Uh, Was it Sauron Sauron in the very very beginning? Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, as creepy as that one was, this guy's like that but ten times creepier. He looks wicked on his throne of skulls and everything. Oh, looks (laughs) wicked. life
0: goals right here. (laughs) If I I could be anything.
2: (laughs) That and I'm in love with the the character uh, Temple and his uh, mechanical arm. Oh, man, if only.
0: And I, and you know, I gotta say, I, I love the art style. That sounds like some pretty base pandering, like, hey, you did a good job, but I'm I'm serious. Like you mentioned, um, being influenced by Mignola earlier, and it's, I see it absolutely. Definitely. I, I like the, yeah, for sure. The sharpness of the shadow and, and the way the, the vampire's eyes, you know, seem to be the focal point wherever they're standing in the room. It, it just looks fantastic.
2: It does look beautiful.
0: I just love how dark it
2: is. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Jack. Continue.
1: No yeah, I'm, I, a lot of the artists that I really love like Mignola and, uh, and Mobius a lot, it's just a lot of these old a lot of old French illustrators that uh, I, I look at their stuff and I want to do exactly what they do and I realize that I, I shouldn't do exactly what they do because I'll be copying them And in the end I just I end up taking a lot of stuff from them but it's it's, uh, it's a lot of fun and uh, uh, it comes into my work a lot. It's complex and it's strange, but uh, I like I like the perverse and the strange and the uh, ultimate gore, and that's a lot of what what Dave likes, the guy who wrote the comic book, and so that's what we got to do. Well, I'm with you yeah. 110% on that one.
2: The art really conveys the uh, the heaviness, I guess, of the story. Yeah, yeah there's, there's uh, kind of an accentuating. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if you were to do the same story, but, you know, have, like, even so much as just a blue sky... In your background It might take away from the uh, right, right. You know, The desolate uh, It
0: complements the tone so well The tone,
2: yes, thank you so if much If you
0: gave it like, not that there's anything wrong with the early 90s We were just praising But if we gave it that super amped up early 90s style <laughs> It just, the story wouldn't carry right It's It's got that feel Great that just, big <laughs> veiny bicep <laughs> vampires <laughs> <laughs> oh, but No, it, it really does look great Now
2: this, what you uh, had mentioned earlier This was uh, created by a uh, successful Kickstarter You had done, correctly? Or, correct.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: I up- Shut up, <laughs> asshole.
1: <laughs> yeah. Dave Jensen, um, who I mentioned, was the writer of the of the book. He had this whole story laid out, and uh, when I met up with him, he's he was a, a film major back in the day. So every every page you guys see is very laid out, and every every panel is very uh, complex, and everything that's happening in it is uh, purposeful, but. After we got it all laid out to together, um, we started this Kickstarter, and uh, it was pretty successful. We had a we had a lower range as far as the first comic book goes, but it uh, it we raised our funds and we got it published. And we've just been kind of going around the uh, cons around the Twin Cities here, and uh, we've done pretty well. And um, we have issue two coming out soon, and uh, there's been a good uh, response from the fan base that's been uh, buying the book.
2: Now, you you also mentioned a uh, second Kickstarter for the second issue is going to be starting really soon, right?
1: Yeah, we're doing some stuff this next week as far as the Kickstarter for book two, which is called Genus Sanguine. That's kind of the backstory of a lot of the characters in the first book, and uh, that's going to start probably in the next two weeks. We'll put that up on Kickstarter and start funding that. But uh, it's uh, it dives a little bit more into the uh, the lore of the whole story and a lot of the like the history between the
2: characters and uh oh nice yeah you got to give it that backbone got to build that backstory yeah Yeah. awesome i cannot wait to see that you'll have to send us a uh, link once it is up and we'll uh help promote it along with this episode
1: i'd love to
0: and you know i I got one question for you that i that i have to ask i don't know how much insight into this you may or may not have but I'm, i'm a big dork for Dracula, like the <laughs> fictional and the historic character. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to cut it right Mr. there. I'm a big dork. <laughs> well, that's all the what show we have about today. That just, uh, <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm really into Dracula, the historical and fictional, all the aspects of it. And I, I saw the Dracula in Sanguine Nights. Uh, he's called Vladimir Martellus Dracula. Now, um, what what... what led to, to to that name specifically, as opposed to, like, historical, like, Vlad Shepes Dracula or one, Vladislav Dracula, you know, one of the more, um, sort of historically grounded titles. Is is this a descendant of that line or just a new character who shares the name? Or, I was just curious.
1: Yeah, well, I, I don't want to give too much away, but Dave... Okay,
0: see, I um, wondered if maybe I was touching on, like, something that's going to be revealed.
1: Spoilers! <laughs> Back no, off, This Jay. is something that I think will interest people, but Dave uh, Jensen, the writer, has... Uh, mentioned a lot about, about, uh, Sumerian folklore in oh, cool. being related to Dracula. And it's a lot about, uh, Nergal, oh, cool. who is the, uh, god of pestilence in Sumerian lore. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you see a little bit of that in, uh, we've released a couple previews of, uh, issue two at some of the cons recently, but, uh, he's kind of the main protagonist or antagonist, sorry, in, uh, in the new books. And, uh, he's the main villain and it's a lot of what Dracula is we've Dave is trying to change it up as far as what Dracula has been in the past is uh, based on this older lore and uh, it's uh, again I don't want to give too much away but that's kind of where this is leading is it's like an older monster that's kind of uh, being brought into the foreground here and it's that's,
0: that's fantastic. So, like, you're okay. touching on that old, like, Sumerian definition of what we'd call a vampire. Like, those horrid spirits from their weird, terrible afterlife. And I, I like that. I like that a lot. That's I can't awesome. wait for the second one. <laughs> awesome.
3: Remember that show Liquid Television? No. Mm-hmm. On Sorry on to break your Damn. momentum. Sounds familiar. <laughs> it was I had Aeon Flux was on it. Oh, I remember Aeon. Oh,
2: uh, The Max. In the, at, like, late at night, was it? Yeah. One?
3: Yeah. Remember The Max at all? Big blue guy. Big, like, Hulk-sized <sighs> blue guy with big teeth. Boy, it sounds familiar, man. And my whole thing about that is going to be totally wasted. What about you, Jack? Did you ever watch <laughs> it?
1: I did not. No. I I, mean, I watched Aeon Flux, like, only a couple years ago with, uh old cartoon from MTV. Yeah. 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 It was fantastic. I mean, every episode was basically her going on some crazy mission, getting slaughtered (laughs) by the end of it. I loved it. Well, there
3: was a, there was a show called, well, I don't know if it was on liquid television or not, but I think maybe it it came from that called the max, but it was kind of like a motion comic where there would always be like the static background, but like the main character, he would move and he was set kind of three dimensional. I don't know. Reading this, I kept that all. Kept waiting for is like parts of the pictures to move. It was cool. The way it's everything's drawn. Oh, I see what you're saying.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're actually watching an animation or something. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. It's an awesome book, and that uh, reminds me. There's another project we want to touch on uh, called Space Skulls that you have up your sleeve uh, for a little bit down the road. Correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Space Skulls is kind of like it's kind of my baby. It's. uh, it's a sci-fi epic of this uh, it's basically the evolution of this the biology of this planet and uh... at the beginning this earth comes to this other planet after we've completely polluted our planet and uh... we try to terraform this other uh... this other world and at some point we there's an intelligent species on this planet we all completely slaughter each other and everybody's dead on this planet and all the festering death and meat on this planet kind of forms into the earth and then over millions of years it kind of becomes this uh the evolution flips and all of the meat becomes plant life and all the plant life becomes living beings. Oh, wow. So, so part one which I'm illustrating now and have most of part one done is uh is this catastrophic death and war and then part two which i'll work on later is the aftermath and the biology of this planet kind of flipping and becoming this uh biological freak show but it's it's pretty fun i love old heavy metal magazines and i love all the weird uh phallic stuff in those. So. Oh, it, it's
2: it's showing, man. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Evan sent us uh, some of the pages of uh, Space Skulls. But there's no dialogue or anything on them, but just getting a view of what you're talking about here as you're talking about it, man, this looks awesome. <laughs> oh,
1: thanks, guys. I'm an illustrator first and foremost, so most of what I want to show is is through image, and then uh, I'll bring some dialogue in later. I'll show you. I'll tell you a little bit about it, but most of it you're going to see. So.
2: <laughs> now, is this going to be another book that uh, you're going to with kickstarter
1: yeah eventually we'll do a kickstarter for it and uh we'll get issue one i'm planning on several issues because i want to i want to tell this whole story it's kind of my own uh, long uh, you know epic story of this space evolution but uh eventually once i get the first couple issues covered you know we'll get, we'll get the whole field project and uh i'm excited
2: I can't wait. I mean, Jake's you know, saying that uh, vampires and stuff are his niche. I know at least for myself, maybe I can speak for you as well, sci-fi, mm-hmm. like space and all that kind of stuff, yeah. that's that's where it's at for me. Yes. So I'm very excited, and you're going to have to let us know uh, when that Kickstarter is coming near. We'll get you back on the show, talk more about Space Calls, and uh, help promote that Kickstarter for you.
1: Absolutely, you guys.
2: People can check out your work at uh, jackmontgomerysartblog.com is uh, what I was finding. Are there any other avenues people can check out your work?
1: Yeah, if you guys go to uh, Sanguine Nights on Facebook, if you just, like, search it on there, you can find our main page for that. And there'll be a Kickstarter available on there as well for the next project.
2: I need to start just saying, hey, just Google the project, because everybody <laughs> I talk to says just Google it. And I think that's probably just the best medium <laughs> nowadays than right. de- having a dedicated website. But very cool, man. All right, well, we'll get all this up on the uh, website. And like I said, let us know when Space Calls Space Skulls is coming around, and we'll get you back on.
1: Great. Thanks, guys.
2: Thank you. Jack, what do we have on the website? Well, you can just Google us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or, and that's or, it, everyone. We'll yeah.
0: talk- <laughs> anyway, see you in hell.
3: Or go to con, can, con dare, CandarePodcast.com, <laughs> where you can see show highlights, listen to the show, follow us on, our, on all our social media, visit the Holly Heroes and see the Wall of Justice, check out some of the videos from our YouTube page, and if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page.
2: Don't forget to find us on Twitter at CannedAirPod And on Instagram at Canned underscore Air Uh, Here, not this weekend, but next weekend We have the uh, Columbus Wizard World Convention happening uh, And we're going to be there on Saturday, I think, at least At the very least um, and, yeah, we'll probably be tweeting when we're there. We'd love to meet any of the listeners, if you uh, are interested at all in meeting uh, us gentlemen, us three handsome, fine it's gentlemen. It's going to be pretty
3: exciting.
0: Yeah. Signings are free.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Free autographs uh, for the first, what, uh, 100 people? Yeah, sure. It? Who's counting though?
0: <laughs> so, you know, get there in the first five minutes or so.
2: <laughs> Lost in our own delusions. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, shoot us a tweet. Uh, we'd love to meet up with you and talk with you. So uh, I think that's going to do it this week. Until next time, I am Jeremy
1: Collie. I'm Jack Doherty. I am Jake Runyon. Jack Montgomery. And I'm Jack Montgomery. There it is.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, everyone. You come over here and spray paint your name on the wall. But I don't wanna. What are you, chicken? Hold on there, boys. Wow,
3: it's Flint! Instead of writing your name, write candairpodcast.com and help spread the word. Well that's a great idea. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle.
1: GI Joe. <laughs>